Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Go out and buy that card for your loved one. Remember, society told you you had to do it. 877-337-6666. Manufactured holiday. I got you for three hours all the way to the warm-up show at 5 a.m. Rami Lobby on the other side. And we got you till then. 877-337-6666. Baseball's back. Spring training report. Everyone here on this Valentine's Day, everyone getting back in camp, getting the swing of things. We heard from the Mets. We'll get to it in a second. But we're going to start with the Knicks again as they have filed a protest, and rightfully so. Rightfully so, because we all know they were screwed. And I don't care what anybody says. I'm not, I'm not one to just cry and complain. And there's a million reasons, of course. You can go through the game. I heard Evan today. Oh, if the, if the coach wouldn't have called him, you know, if Tibbs wouldn't have only saved his replay for later in the game, they would have blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. That doesn't mean they weren't screwed. They were screwed. And they filed a protest. The two teams do not play again this year, so they'll have to figure it out if they win the protest. But... Obviously, Ed Malloy, right after the game, um, admitted it should not have been a foul. Then the two-minute report comes out, and they fully admit it shouldn't have been a foul. And so the Knicks are going to file a protest. I think it's going to cost them $10,000. It's happened, successful protests have happened six times in the history of the NBA. I believe the last one was in 2007. It's a long shot. I get that. But right now, it's absolutely, I mean, it's, when you first hear it, it seems like stupid and petty. But you know what? It's not. Because they got screwed and they desperately need these wins. And that's really where we focus on as we look at it. Just real quick on the Knicks and their situations. They'll play the Magic tonight. And I don't know who's going to be available to play. I don't even know who's going to be available to play. DiVincenzo is dealing with a sore hamstring. He left the game the other night. You've got Hartenstein who's still dealing with a sore Achilles. And right now, every freaking win is so important. And that's why last night felt the way it did. Or the other night now at this point. That's why it felt the way it did and why it was such a screw job for the Knicks. But as we look forward here and as we finally, because who needs the All-Star break more than the New York Knicks? My God. Get them to the All-Star break. They're walking wounded. But the question is, the Knicks are in a tricky spot. And as we hit the halfway point or, you know, the All-Star break or whatever it is, and you look at this team and where they are in the standings, and who they're chasing, and what the enthusiasm of what this Knicks season was about. I mean, it was just a few, it was a week ago. It was two weeks ago that you felt like the Knicks were ready to take on the world. 
We were talking about how great they are. We were talking about how they can battle with anyone. Oh, they're t- they're, they're they're third in the conference. They're they're you know especially with the in- possibility of the injury to Embiid. We weren't sure what it was at that point, but you knew he was missing some games. Like the idea is, hey, now they're better than Philadelphia. Now they're right there. Oh yeah, okay. The Cavaliers are hot, but man, the Knicks are as good as anyone. And how good is Brunson? And how good is Randall? And what Anobi has done to this? Uh, the trade has done to this team. And how dynamic they are. And DiVincenzo hitting all these threes. And Achua getting seven. Team rebounds off the bench, and it was just like, wow, this team could do anything if they could just bolster it a little bit, if they can get a bench piece, if they can do something at the deadline. And here they are, and they did something at the deadline. They got Bogdanovich, they got Burks, and they got some added depth to that point guard position, plus another shooter in, in, in Bogdanovich, who, and now that trade has not hit the, the ground running the way the Ananobi trade has hit the ground running. But still, like, here's the question, right? Here's the here's the question for the Knicks as we look at this 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 uh, All Star break and this one last game against Orlando and I don't even know what they're going to do with this game quite honestly and that's where the question lies because the question is what do you think of this team when healthy now it's a fine line because you got to get there right but the excitement about this team was being the second or third seed. And now does it come a point where you look at things and you say to yourself, well, geez, we're going to be missing Ananobi for a month. You're going to be missing Randall for more than that. You know, Brunson can't do this all on himself. Like he can't carry this team to the second or third seed. At what point do you say, okay, I can't run everybody else into the ground chasing every single win. And I understand that's blasphemy to many people. And I understand that you're going to talk about it. You go, what what are you talking about, Chris? Every win is important. Let's still get those second and third seeds. And that would be great ultimately. But you're seeing guys who, you know, have been in bench roles suddenly having to step up and play all these minutes and look, DiVincenzo's already out. Brunson's out with an ankle injury. He comes right back. He's playing the entire games. Like at some point, and I understand, and I get it, and I get why everybody loves Thibodeau, and I get why you know a lot of the fans who hate load management, myself, we all complain about it. We complain about load management. We complain about this nonsense of stars not playing on back-to-back nights, or you know, uh, all the oh, this is the only time LeBron James is going to Atlanta. How dare he do that to the Atlanta fans who come down to see him? And, and you know, the NBA is trying to legislate it for crying out loud. They're taking awards away. They're penalizing teams. So we get it, and that's what Tibbs did, and especially a couple of years ago during the pandemic when they had that great year. And they finished in the fourth seed and lost to Atlanta in the playoffs. But when Randall really emerged as an all-star type player and the Knicks had that great year and it was pretty much done basically on Randall and Tibbs back and the idea that they were the only team playing, you know, Randall every minute of every game. And they were the one team that went against it and went against load manager and fought and clawed. And that's what the, the, the dynamic and the culture of this team is right now. Fight, defense, especially since the Ananobi trade. Claw for every inch, like Tibbs' style, play all the time, run the game through Brunson and Randall. Like, that's who they are, and that's what we love about them, and that's what we bought into, and that's the idea of how they could be dangerous come playoff time and making a second or third seed. But now, how much do you have to reassess what this team is in the short term and how you go about handling it? Because ultimately, this team 
is not going to win as presently constituted. We know that. And so if you go out there, and I know you have to make the playoffs, but I would still feel pretty confident, although they're on a three-game losing streak, and that's where the tricky situation comes into. Like, yeah, they're on a three-game losing streak, and you're worried about how this team can how this team can function on nights where maybe DiVincenzo isn't shooting the lights out. Or, you know, Burks and, and uh, Bogdanovich haven't fit in just yet and where this team is, but I'll tell you where the team is if DiVincenzo gets run into the ground and can't go. And I love all the people, and I love, I mean, I get it, well, the defenders of Tibbs on this, and the minute, you know, they're out there, how could you talk about this? I saw, you know, Frank Isola now putting out the, the minutes that the, the, uh, the Boston Celtics stars played. Here's the point, though. If you believe that this team is a championship contender when healthy, if you believe that this team is good enough to possibly make it to an NBA Finals, an Eastern Conference Finals, if you think they are good enough, that Brunson and Randall are enough superstars when you have Ananobi and you have DiVincenzo and you have these pieces ready to go, you're going to need all of those pieces to be ready come playoff time. And for me, that is far more important than what seed they get. If they have to play the Celtics earlier in the playoffs, they were going to have to get through Boston anyway. Yes, if everyone was healthy, it'd be nice to chase the two seed, the three seed, and feel like you can really make an impact in this playoffs with a couple of you know early rounds against lesser teams. But they're the walking wounded. They've got nothing but, but Brunson. And you can't run him into the ground trying to win every single game the rest of the way. And you can't have DiVincenzo playing through a, 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 a banged-up uh, you know, um, hamstring trying to win every single game. Like, you still have to. They have a bench there. You know, Tibbs has refused to play these guys. And it's not necessarily about Tibbs' style and his history and going back to Chicago and the way he played. Like, forget all of that. Look at the team now. And here's the question. If you believe when, when fully healthy they are a championship team, then you have to manage the rest of these games as making sure the pieces you'll need to make that run are not spent at the end trying to hold on to being mid-pack. If they are the sixth seed, if they're the, you know, whatever it is, if you believe you're a championship contender once guys come back, then you can't be out there running guys into the ground. And make no mistake about it, a lot of these injuries, like DiVincenzo is not used to playing this many minutes. Do they need him to go win every single game? Yes, they do. Do you want to make sure you don't lose four or five in a row? Of course. There are times to push and times to pull back. And it's not every single game and every single second. And as you go down the stretch of the season, and now finally they get this break, hopefully DiVincenzo's uh, hamstring can rest up, and hopefully Hartenstein's Achilles heel can rest up. And hopefully Burke and uh, Burks and Bogdanovich can work with the coaching staff, work with the team, get into a little rhythm and feel better about things. Now, they're a little bit more used to the minutes than most bench role players because they were playing big-time minutes, or at least Bogdanovich certainly was, with the Pistons and a last-place team with no talent on it that could barely win a freaking game. So they're used to a little bit of the minutes. But the point is, is you need these guys. And I understand the point is to win the games. I get it. I want to win every game. And I understand the mentality of this Nick team and what made them special. 
This isn't the Knicks. This isn't the special Knicks. This is a depleted, walking, wounded team. And you are going to be relying on guys who are now dealing with injuries as well as the guys who are out. You are going to be relying on these guys to be fresh come the time when it's time to make that run. And it's time to flip the switch. And you'll have Randall back. And you'll have Ananobi back. And you'll have a team that we all thought that two weeks ago was good enough to compete for a championship. Many of us Nick fans felt that way, whether they got the superstar or not. And if you feel like they're good enough, if this is just about winning as many games and having a nice season and giving the Nick fans a tip of the cap and say, hey, we're a lunch pail team, we're a really good, hard fight fighting, fighting team, and hey, we made the playoffs yet again, and now we're on a run here, and we should be sustained success for a long time. If that's it, then that's it. Then go out and run, run DiVincenzo into the ground, run Hartenstein into the ground, win as many games as possible, then that's all it's about. It's about playing hard-fought, tough basketball, and that's who the Knicks are. Play, then do that. Then do that. But if this is about honestly being a championship contender, if this is about being ready when the lights are bright, and this is about being ready when come time to play these long, hard playoff series that you expect to compete in against anyone, against Milwaukee, who just got blown out by Miami, against Philadelphia, who who knows when Embiid's coming back, and even against Boston. If you expect to be in those series, and you expect to fight hard in those series, and you expect those to be seven-game series, and you expect to have a chance to win, then in the meantime to get there, you can't run every other single secondary piece into the ground chasing every single win. And if you look at the minutes and you look at Brunson coming off the off this injury, he hasn't, he hasn't got a set. He's went right back in to play in the same amount of minutes. DiVincenzo's minutes have bumped up, and you're seeing guys get hurt. And I understand the twisted ankle from, from Brunson can happen at any point, but you can't tell me at some level, you know, missteps happen when you're exhausted. And hamstring injuries are because of exhaustion and because of overworkness and probably the same thing with Achilles. And if you're going to push these guys through these injuries to try and win every single game you can... If you lose DiVincenzo for a long period of time, if that hamstring tears, if you're dealing with a major injury, where are you? He's too important to mess with. And so for me, as they take a step back, I, we'll, we'll see what happens tonight against Orlando. I'd be surprised if DiVincenzo plays. Honestly, I might even give Brunson the night off heading into I I might just punt on the game. And I know that sounds... You know, oh, my, what do you mean punt on the game, Chris? You're screaming at the Mets for punting on the season. Yeah, seasons are different than games. I don't view the Knicks as a team that can't afford to lose one game. I don't view the Knicks as a team where if they can't beat Orlando heading into the break, who are they? Who are they? They are a team I expect to compete for an Eastern Conference Finals once healthy and running Brunson into the ground trying to win every single game off an emotional night against Houston, off of an uh, ankle injury, off DiVincenzo getting hurt, having you know Brunson and nobody's out there trying everything I can to beat Orlando so to say I didn't lose three straight games to Orlando doesn't seem like the best way to go about building the team for come playoff time. And so as they fight for the Houston win, which they absolutely should, 
I have no problem filing the, the grievance. You should try. They came out within 20 minutes of the game and said we were wrong. The two-minute report came out and said they were wrong. Take a chance, see what happens, and replay that freaking overtime and go get a victory against Houston. But as you start to set upon the rest of this season and the next month or so, when you are short everybody and you're dealing with your secondary pieces, who right now are your main pieces, you're dealing with them with injuries, Tibbs has got to realize he has to pull on the reins and he has to slow down the amount of minutes all these guys are getting. And it's uncomfortable, and it sucks, and I hate to be the minute police, and I know everybody thinks that's how the Knicks play, and that's how Tibbs coaches, and that's how they got here. But once they got to the point where you feel the roster is a championship roster, I pull on the reins, and it's not so much about what seed I get because I feel I'm good enough where I don't have to be some sort of special seed to have a chance. If you're the kind of team that you feel can go out and beat Philly, can go out and beat Milwaukee, at least compete against Milwaukee and Boston, then you know what? If you catch them in the first round, if you catch them, whenever you catch them, you're going to be willing to go out there and try and beat them. And you don't need to give me series to get later into the to the postseason. Go out there. Make sure your guys are healthy come playoff time and be the Nick championship team that we all hoped you could be. 877-337-6666. We'll open with the Knicks and their situation and the injuries they're going through. We'll get to baseball. And for me, it's interesting as we report, uh, as both teams report for spring training, the Yankees today, some of the Mets were down there yesterday. We heard from the manager of the Mets. The day before, we heard from the GM and all his, as I like to put it, horse manure and verbal garbage. I think that was the quote that was out there. Might have been a bit strong, but I said it, so I'm sticking with it. But for me, as we head down there, and we start spring training, there's two baseball stories to talk about. One, the issue Major League Baseball has, and the lack of juice surrounding the beginning of spring training because I, I'm sorry, pitchers and catchers, I heard Gio today. I was, I was in the car. Opening day means something. Pitchers and catchers is pointless. Oh, I don't agree. Pitchers and catchers is be two beautiful words, in my opinion, yet there's no buzz around it. They need to fix the offseason, and we'll get to it. And then the other one here locally is these two teams hit spring training and report for camp, and pitchers and catchers, those two sexy words, in completely different spots. And the feeling around the teams are completely different, and the urgency on this season is completely different. We'll get to it. Over the course of the next two and a half hours, 877-337-6666, plus Valentine's Day is a joke. And because Keith brought it up, maybe I'll remind you of the story about how I started to work at the fan because it's a good one. It's a good one, and it involves the Super Bowl site, which is fun. I probably should have done it during Super Bowl week. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you. Nick fans, you're on deck. How do you think they should? Are you one of these Tibbs defender to the end are you one of the the, the the people who call me the minute police? I saw Malusis put that out, the minute police. I'm, I'm a champ. I want to win. I don't want to win on a random Tuesday night against, you know, Orlando. I want to win. And they're going to have to be at full strength to do so. And you can't run them into the ground when the rest of the big-time pieces are all missing. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you till 5 right here on The Fan. We'll come back with your phone calls next. Oh, it's this one again. Hold on. Hold on. Wait for it. And there we go. 226. McMonagle here with you on the fan. 877-337-6666. You can also hit me up on Twitter at CMAGWFAN or on X, whatever we call it these days. 
That's going to be a tough one for me. For whatever reason, that's a tough one. Just calling it X is weird. X is weird because then what do you like for so long? Twitter was tweets. Do you still tweet on X? They're or, called posts on the app. Right. Just posts, right? Yeah, I know. So you post, I mean, you post on Instagram. You don't really Insta on Instagram. People refer to it as Insta. But that's what, you know, tweets were tweets. I tweeted it out. What do you say now? I X'd it out? No, you'll that's... hear people say, I, I tweeted this on X. Or right. Something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just going to keep calling it Twitter. I think people know what I mean. 877-337-6666. So, like, to me, we opened up with the Knicks. And for me, I, I, I think they're in a tough spot. Again, I think they're in a tough spot. There's a fine line between what they've been doing and how to go about, you know, the rest of the season as the season continues to wear on. I mean, because you're dealing with injuries. Like, that's, the, I mean, that's the thing. It's not like your team is out there. And I just, I just really feel like you need to, you know, deepen your bench a little bit as you move forward here. You need to give some, you can't, you know, you can't run these guys into the ground. I mean, you can't. Because if you want to be the team you want to be, DiVincenzo has to be there at the end of the year. Like, whatever you think about the Knicks, they're not good enough to go in shorthanded and win these series. So, yeah, as we wait for Randall, and hopefully he comes back, I mean, we, he's going to be reevaluated. Who knows what happens at that reevaluation? But hopefully he comes back. And it'll be definitely will be back. It's just a matter of will it be next? Will it be a month? Will it be five weeks? Will it be six weeks? But he'll be back. For sure. I don't know about Randall. I'm assuming, but we don't know for sure. Mitchell Robinson might come back, you know, should be coming back. But Hartenstein's been extremely important for this team. And DiVincenzo, forget about it. He's been the, their second scorer, especially since Ananobi's gone down and Randall's gone down. He's been the guy who stepped up and, you know, has been that secondary scorer scoring, you know, 20-plus points a night every single game. And he's too important to, you know blow through a, a hamstring injury. He's just too important. And I know how Tibbs likes to coach it, and I respect it for most of the time, but now we're getting to a point now where it's the walking wounded. And it's hard to tell me you don't think that some of these injuries, like a sore Achilles, a sore hamstring, some of that is because those, those guys are bench players who now suddenly have been thrusted into playing all these minutes and you have to manage it at some level. And especially if you think you are a championship contender. If you believed in this team. If you believed in who they are and what they can do once healthy. Then it it's not worth risking all these other side. You know, because if you get there, if you get those guys back and now, oh, okay. Well, we ruined DiVincenzo while we were waiting for those guys. Well, now you're not as good. Now you're not that team. Now, if you need the if you need the third seed, if you need the second seed, if you need the fourth seed uh, to even consider winning, then you weren't, and then then you aren't, and never were who we thought they might have been, a championship contender. You have to manage what's going on right now. If everyone was healthy, I'd probably be saying the same thing about hey, listen, loosen up that bench. Not every game is as important, but ultimately. You want to win those games and everybody's together and you, it, it makes it easier. This is where it's hard to stick to the idea of, you know, they got nobody else. You're talking about playing, you know, Obi Toppin's brother. You're talking about playing 
Like, but yeah, like you, you have to, you have to. Tibbs is going to have to adjust here a little bit. And I'm not killing him, and I'm not saying it's all his fault. I'm just saying, moving forward, I don't think you could go, hey, listen, we're so down and depleted, we have to win every single game to stay in these, you know, in the four seed, in the three, right around the three seed. Otherwise, we don't have a chance when everybody comes back. You certainly don't have a chance if you run these guys into the ground in the meantime. You need DiVincenzo ready to go when they get back. You need Hartenstein there and healthy when they get back. Not not you know dealing with a, a nagging injury that you're never allowed to you know f- fix itself because you've been playing them 40 minutes a night. 877-337-6666. Let's get to the calls. Mario in Long Beach. What's up, Mario? What's going on, C-Mac? What's up, buddy? How are you? Yeah, I, I like the uh, you know this topic. It's very interesting, but there's mm-hmm. a little fine line here too. No, and sometimes I look at it a little, almost a little bit like what happened. Uh, I'll use another sport, the Ravens, right? Okay. When they had, when you have the bye week and you rest everybody in right. football, because you would think that would be the smart thing to do, because it's such a violent sport. So you don't even have to say they could be completely healthy, but then they get blown up in a violent sport. Sure. And they always say that. Uh, there's, there's a lot of people that go both ways, even a lot of the pros saying it's not good to rest because you, you want a little continuity, too. Yeah. So you do want to rest these guys to a certain extent, but you don't want to go where you start losing a lot of games. you got three already because you can't turn it on and off. So by the time the playoffs starts, you don't want to be going in where you lost eight out of your last ten well, games. Well, no, playoffs, of course. Right? Yeah, but, but my point, yeah, but by then, hopefully you'd, you'll have your guys back. My point is in this, I don't know how long, a month, a month and a half, and certainly Ananobi will be back by then. I don't know when Randall will be back. But in that short time, like when, when they're not here, it's I don't know if it's you, you can't run these secondary guys into the ground under the under the idea of trying to win every single game to stay in a playoff position. You're right. Once the guys come, you want to win. So once the guys come back, you want to start playing well, fine. I get that. It's not a matter of turning it on, turning it off. What I'm saying in the meantime here. Like, you can't just, DiVincenzo hasn't played minutes like this. DiVincenzo has been a role player and a bench player. You can't just thrust him into 40 minutes a night because you desperately need him. Like, you just, it's, there's a fine line to it. Like, you need him to be that guy and ready to go come playoff time. You don't, like, that's, that's the point. So it's not about, it's not about turning it off too. I'm not saying build up a lead and then take two weeks off heading into the playoffs because I'm afraid of injury or something. Well, what were you thinking about Brunson when he hurt his ankle? Because a lot of people were saying, oh, I rest him through the All Star bank. So he was, you know, sometimes you got to listen to the player. They know their bodies too, how they feel. Well, there's there's also, yeah, I mean, but there's also protecting the player himself. When when is, he's never going to say, I'm not good to go. I, I. do you remember the game when he came back? He scored 39. No, I understand. So, was, yeah. so obviously he well, was, I mean, wasn't hampered. No, at well, all, well, no. Right? I, that's, I mean, he, obviously it wasn't it's, wasn't so bad that he couldn't play. That is true. But it, it, it might still be nagging him, and he might put be, put himself in a position to re-injure it more. Like, I'm just, I'm just, at some level, I agree with you, but at some level you got to – I'm not saying sit him through the All-Star break, although I think I would have been okay with that plan had that been the plan. It wasn't. He's come out and still played very, very well. And you're right, it hasn't kept him from playing well, but that doesn't mean it's not bothering him, and it doesn't mean that maybe a little bit of rest is warranted. Like, I wouldn't, like tonight, with if DiVincenzo can't play and Hartenstein can't play, do you really want to run Brunson into the ground tonight to try to beat Orlando? 
Like, is that what you want? Do you think that's what's best? Nobody else out there. Brunson's going to have to play 40 minutes, take every shot, you know, play his ass off and, and, and absolutely go nuts trying to keep them in an Orlando game. If it doesn't get out of hand, then that makes the decision for you. But, like, is that really – do you think that's the best course of action when they're going to be Brunson and, you know, nobodies? It's going to be Brunson and Bogdanovich trying to score here? Is that what's best that, for this I, team I, right I now to think, win this game? I think that Burks is a little better than what we think. I well, think we'll see. I, I, I think, I, listen, I think Burks is fine. He hasn't gotten off to a great start. He's been a little, now the trade. He scored 22 in the first game. Yeah, he scored 22 in the first game, but you, he scored six in the first three quarters, and then, like, in, in the back end of a blowout, he scored another 12. Like, it, he didn't he didn't play oh, that really? well. Oh, really? I didn't realize Yeah, that. he didn't play that well. Yeah, but one, one point I want to make, and then I'll listen to your answer, and I'll have yeah. You know, I really, what I really feel good about, when, when you think about Ananobi and, and, and Randall, right, they have upper body injuries, so that means during this period in time, correct cardio, stay in shape, so they yep. can be in good shape. Correct. They're going to come back maybe even better because their body might be more rested in a lot of ways when they get over these injuries. Right. Thanks, thanks for taking my call. I'll talk I, to you later. I, no problem, and I totally agree with you, Mario. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you believe that team can win, like if you believe what you just said, I completely agree with you. Especially Ananobi, the the shoulder injury is a, a a pretty tough one. I'm sure he's in a lot of pain dealing with. Like, the elbow thing should be quick. But you're right. Both of them are upper body. Should be able to keep their cardio. Should be able to keep their legs. Should be able to be in good condition. And the shoulder for Randall is the opposite shoulder. It's not a shooting shoulder. So hopefully, yeah, once they come back, you're expecting both of them to be at the top of their game. Great. Great. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Bring When they come back, they should be great and ready to go. In the meantime... I don't want to run the secondary pieces into the ground trying to stay afloat. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to win every game and run DiVincenzo into the ground. I don't think that's the best course of action because I need DiVincenzo. Like you need him to be his role piece. They like you need to get back to where they were during the 16 and 9, you know, 16 out of 19 run in in January. Like you need to get back to that point. And if you, you know, beat up Brunson to the uh, if you excuse me, if you beat up DiVincenzo and you beat up Hartenstein and you push them through, through injuries and you play all these minutes trying to win every game so, you, so you're not the sixth seed, and so you're the f- fourth seed instead of the sixth seed, then I think you're worse off when those guys come back, which is where I want to be, my strength. I want to get back to that team in January once the guys come back. And I'll be the. I open. I open the show with it's a fine line, as you just said in that call. It is a fine line. It's a tricky freaking spot. It's not easy because listen, you don't want to be the seven seed, right? You don't want to be in the play, play in. I get it. And these games are important, and that's why I'll be totally honest with you. When I first saw the Woj tweet, when I first saw the Woj tweet that they were when they were protesting the game and looking to replay it, my first connection, my first reaction was that's weak. My first reaction was, eh, we don't need that. What are you going to do? Bad calls happen. Don't be a crybaby. We move on. These things never work. You know, we, we see protests in baseball all the time. It never comes to fruition. I'm not going to replay this game. I still probably think they don't get awarded. Uh, it's it's not a win or a lose. If, if they were down a point when that shot went up or something, and it would it's a difference between a win and a loss, maybe they would just say, okay, yeah, no, Knicks win. Shouldn't have been a foul. Missed shot. Knicks win. I do not think they're going to give it back and resume this game in overtime. I'd be surprised. But when I think about it, when I thought about it for for a little bit more, my initial thought was weak. Don't do that. It's crybaby crap. And then as I thought about it, I mean, 
they're battling for their lives here, and they need every opportunity to get a win. They need every opportunity to get a win. And let's hope, I mean, if they replay this game, now they don't play again, Houston. If they re- if this matters in the standings, maybe that's how they'll set it up, where they'll 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 schedule it for late schedule it for late in the year. And if it doesn't matter in the standings, they won't play. But right now, Houston's out of the playoffs. So if you get down late in the season and Houston's already been eliminated, and you would think, and the Knicks have their guys healthy. I don't know if they would allow them to play. I'm sure they would. Rosters change. It would just be that roster uh, whenever they decide to play that game. You could have the Knicks in a situation where their best players are back, desperately need that win, and the Rockets have already said goodbye to their season and don't care. Like You have to take that chance to try and get a victory. My initial thought was weak sauce, and then I thought more about it. These the, Every win is, in, is imperative, especially a game that you battled back to get you know, tied up and got screwed on a last second call. And I don't think anybody disputes they got screwed. Like if it was a if it was a an if iffy situation and you know, oh well, it could have been a foul, like everyone, including the NBA and including um that crew thirty minutes after the game ended, like everyone admits this game that was not a foul. They got absolutely screwed and I have no problem with them after really thinking about it. They should protest and they should try and get this win. But moving forward how hard do you push everyone to try and get every single win? If because if you can't, if you don't think you can win unless you're the two or three seed, then you're not going to win. Val in the Bronx, what's up, Val? Brother Mac, what's going on, Don? What's up, man? How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I want to get in on the Knicks conversation. Yeah. I got a couple of things I wanted to say, but just to touch on what you were talking about just now, um, I I think that the real solution to that because they got to do some. If you're going to come back and tell me. And explain to me, you know, to, to make things transparent. Oh, I made a mistake or what have you. The same way, like Brunson and Tibbs had to be real quiet and careful about what they said because they didn't want to get fined. Right. There's got to be some kind of, you know, uh, penalty or something like that for a ref, you know, in a situation like that. Because, I mean, the reality is that the whole thing with like playing that overtime over, I doubt very much that something like that would actually happen. Yeah. And even if it did, you get into like a really dangerous spot because now it's like how many times in the, in the season is something like that going to happen? Unfortunately, it's going to be a few more than just one time. So are we going to be playing, you know, games over like that, that, that? No, you know, I, 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 I agree. I think this is a unique situation. It has happened six times, I believe, in NBA history, the last time being uh, 2007. Uh, but I don't know, like, people just say that cavalierly. Uh, oh, the refs need some kind of punishment. Are you, I mean, they're human. Are you, what the heck was hello, that? Hello, hello? Is everything all yeah, right? The block. Yeah, no, nah, it's a fire truck just ran up the street. He's, I mean, where, where are you, standing in the middle of the street? That that was the loudest. Normally you hear that in the background. Where? What are you doing right now? <laughs> What are you hanging out? What are you, what are you guys? No, are, are you I'm in like an acapella group that sing, that sings around? You know, uh, gar- garbage cans in the middle of the morning. Like, what are you doing? No, no, no. I'm trying to get to the train station, but I stopped for a second once you, once you put me yeah, on. Yeah, that was a lot. I just happened to stop right that, on the corner with a fire. The yeah, firehouse, just, and then all of a sudden they get a call. Woo! That was loud. All right. Um, that but woke, that woke my... everybody up. But no, but my yeah, but uh, now I don't even remember what I was saying with that loud fire truck. What, yeah, that, no, what was I'm my sorry, point? What the hell was my point? I don't even we remember about that. The stuff. Oh yeah, no, they cavalierly just say, you know, oh, the refs need punishment or something. Like, 
they make mistakes. I don't know, but I'm, punish, I'm just what, saying, what like, kind of punishment you, know, you want to give them like, for like a fine for or an error? I mean, like his, his no. pay for the game. Or no, I say that know. you can't. You can't but, take away money for human error. I just don't think you can. No, no, no. But my point is, they would have taken away from Brunson or Tibbs if they said the wrong thing. Well, yeah, the, the refs can't say but, the, saying the wrong thing. Isn't what are you going to so penalize Brunson for missing the shot? Yeah, like, what are you going to penalize right. NBA but, players for missing shots since like they no, missed the call? No, 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 no. Now there's a there's a level that you know you should get. Maybe a pay scale of next year, the better refs get more money, and you get incentivized for not making that, for not making bad calls. You get the pay, you get the you get to you get to referee in the playoffs. Maybe net, your salary increases at a higher rate than other refs, like whatever. But yeah, I don't something think like that. I don't, something, something like that. that. But you can't just say, "Oh, we're taking away five thousand dollars because you you called a foul when there wasn't a foul." Like it's tough. Well, I hear you, but I got good news for you though. That that, that, that so the next couple of points now. I got good news for you, though, because I did read an article, um, point one, I did read an article about Randall, and while there were quotes from Tibbs himself, um, it's a, it seems as though everything is, especially because of the kind of shape that Randall supposedly was in mm-hmm. prior to the injury, it seems like the, the prognosis is looking at by the time the reevaluation comes through, he'll be looking better than, than you know, worse. Um, supposedly he's been doing everything that he has to do, and he, he feels really good as far as what's going on with the rehab. Him and Tibbs, I think they were discussing something about, like, a, a what's the next set of steps coming through before he actually starts, you know, uh, with the reevaluation and then getting back into playing shape and everything like that. And all the reports seem to be favorable. So that's a, a good sign as far as Randall is concerned. The stuff you were talking about with the whole minutes and everything like that, I don't know, it's a fine line because I feel like everybody else except Brunson needs to be getting as much time as they, they can, you know, even with DiVincenzo, because it, it, uh, the more burn they get right now, and DiVincenzo is a young guy. I think he could take it. The more burn they get right now, it's the better it's going to be when everybody actually does come back, because especially with the new guys, Burks and Bogdanovich and all that stuff like that, who came in with the trade, they need to get into a flow. And it's unfortunate for them two guys with the last trade, because when Ananobi came in, you know, everybody was healthy and was there, and the team was clicking. They come in, and we got injuries, and so they're having a little bit of a struggle to, to try to get up to speed. Yeah, but, but I, the more burn that they get now, you know, and we're going to limp to the yeah, All-Star Yeah, but I, dis- break, I disagree you know with I mean? well, you. The there's, on, there's only one more game. You've been limping to the All-Star. They already are yeah, limping yeah, yeah. to the All-Star break. But, but I just I disagree with you on the I di- guys come back. I disagree with you, know? you. I disagree with you on a couple of points you said there. Yeah, I mean more burn. I mean, and right now, yeah, Bur- you want to get Burks and Bogdanovich into uh, you know into a rhythm with what? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Knicks yeah. offense. It's not going to be with the players you're looking to play with. Like, I mean, it's still like, I mean, you you want them to you know they're going to have to be playing with Ananobi. They're going to be playing with with Randall. They're going to be playing with different guys coming off the bench. Like that's still going to need to get together once those guys come back. They're not going to be playing with the Knicks that we hope are making a run here. So I, 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 and they've got and they've gotten minutes and they yeah, but I mean, but at their best might be rested. You know what I'm saying? Like you, if you you think that I mean, you, you, I mean, you at think their that, best in terms, of- I, I understand that, but you think that you think that. Um, the big ragu needs to play forty minutes a night the rest of the way to be at his best. Come playoff time, I don't think so. I don't think Divincenzo needs to play thirty-eight to forty minutes a night in order to be at his best. In fact, it's almost the opposite because I need him healthy. I need him healthy, and he's now tweaked a hamstring. And I'm sorry, you can't tell me there's no, there's no, and it's not Tibbs' fault again. This doesn't have to be like I'm not just straight out killing the coach. I understand why he's doing it. They need these wins. They need a DiVincenzo. It's huge. 
And they were in a rhythm where they were winning every night. You want to keep that up. But now it's three in a row. They've lost. And you want to stop losing streaks. I get it. But how much are you going to push him through a hamstring injury? Like, thankfully, they had that incredible January to kind of give them a little bit of a cushion here. But I disagree with you. I do not think you need to play Burks and Bogdanovich or 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 DiVincenzo, uh, you know, as much as humanly possible to have them, you know, in rhythm when guys come back. I, I totally disagree because then they're going to go from playing all those minutes to now being on the bench. Like it's not, I don't think I don't th- I don't think it works that way. This isn't like baseball where he just needs as many at bats as possible. Like I don't think that's it. These are veteran players. They were on, you know, what, what learned the, the Knicks offense. They're not going to be playing with the players you hope they play with come playoff time anyway, and their minutes are going to be dramatically cut. And they're going to go from getting used to playing all the time to now suddenly being a bench player, which what we thought right now was the issue for Bogdanovich a couple games in. Well, he was playing so many minutes with the Knicks, uh, excuse me, with the Pistons to come now with the Knicks and play less. It's, a, it's an adjustment. So what do you want to do? Play him constantly and then throw him back on the bench when the players come back and suddenly now he's off because he's been used to being able to take, you know, you, you, want, to, you want him to learn how to be more efficient in less time. I actually want to get him used to playing less. So, I mean, I, yeah, I don't necessarily think you have to run these guys into the ground or, or play. And, again, I keep saying run into the ground, but, like, there's there's a limit. That's all. And I do think they're in a tricky situation. And it's not that the coach has done anything for me yet. I know Evan was talking about it. I don't think playing, you know, DiVincenzo as much as they have the last couple games is criminal or anything. But now that he's injured and now that you're moving forward, like moving forward, Especially now with a sore Achilles for Hartenstein, a sore hamstring for for DiVincenzo, waiting for these guys to return. Brunson dealing with an injury, uh, uh, an ankle injury that I'm sure is fine, but still he's dealing with it. Like he's cut down the bench to practically nothing. And moving forward during the next month, I don't think you can keep that up for a month. The All Star break is coming at the perfect time for the Knicks. They got Miami tonight, uh, excuse me, Orlando tonight, and then it's um, off to the break. I, I don't, I, I don't put that much emphasis on this win. I want to just, you know, because I believe in them at full strength, and to, for them to be at full strength, they need to be at full strength, and that includes all their role players who are now thrusted into a situation where they have to be more than that. And there's no way around that. They're going to have to be more than role players for the next month. But at the same time, you have to be willing to open the rotation a little bit because now you're going to be throwing bench players into full-time minutes over and over and over again for a month to try and win as many games as possible so you could stay in the you know four seed. Like, there's a limit. That's all I'm saying. There's a fine line. And this coach throughout his career has not shown the ability to ride that fine line. He knows one way. And there's going to have to be some nuance here. There's going to have to be a little bit of back and forth, give and take. And especially because, like, I'm telling you right now, like, look at the teams. And, and you know, to be Evan made this point a little bit, and I think he's 100% correct. Look at the teams on who are content. Like, if, if the Boston Celtics, right, lost their stars, lost two of, like, you know, lost Tatum Brown, lost their guys, do you think they'd be out there all night playing their every other person or every other impact player 40 minutes a night to do everything they can to win? Or would they continue it up, open up their bench, 
you know, limit guys, make sure everyone's okay, and wait for Tatum's return when they know they're a dominant basketball team. Do the Knicks believe in the 16-3? and Do the Knicks believe in who they were for a month, the hottest and best team in the NBA? Do they believe that was a month, or do they believe that's who they are? Because if it's who they are, then once they come back, they revert back to being that. And if that's the case, I need everyone else healthy, and I'm taking it easy, and I'm not pedal to the metal to win every single game while they're gone. Now, you can't lose forever, I get, and there'll be certain games where I push it. If the All-Star break wasn't the next day, if the All-Star break didn't start as soon as tonight's over, maybe I would push for tonight. If DiVincenzo didn't have a hamstring, maybe tonight would be on a three-game losing streak, a night where I say, look, tonight we don't want to lose. Tonight we don't want to lose. But, you know, you picked those spots. But other than that, he's going to have to – I know he doesn't have a deep bench now, but he's going to have to still use a bench. He's going to have to still be able to do some different things and work and play with different guys and figure it out. Because if you believe when everyone's healthy, you're a championship contender and you are a big-time team, then you you not pedal to the metal to win every game to make sure you're the three seed and risk the potential of hurting DiVincenzo. Because you need him. You need him even in this stretch. He can't go down with a three-week, four-week, month hamstring injury. That's devastating to the Knicks. Good luck winning without him. Like, you have to be a little bit nuanced. And my concern is this coach doesn't know any other way. And I love him for it, and I think he's done a remarkable job this year. I think he's a great head coach, but this has been the talking point about him forever. And this is why many people think that there is a ceiling to where his teams can get. And now it's probably unfair. He's in an impossible spot, but he has to he has to be able to adjust a little bit moving forward. He just has to. 877-337-6666. We'll transition a little bit to baseball here as spring training has begun. For the Mets, we heard from uh Mendoza, the new manager, former Yankee bench coach, new manager. And I want to get into the difference of the spots that both of those guys are in. The G, the new uh, president of baseball operations, Stearns, and the new manager, Mendoza, compared to where the Yankees are and where these two teams are heading into camp and how dramatically different it is. And plus, let's see if we can figure out what the hell's going on with baseball because, listen, I love this freaking sport, and I'm pumped about pitchers and catchers, and I've been looking forward to this, and I've been texting all my buddies who aren't the biggest baseball fans in the world Pictures of Yankees uh, uniform numbers that are how many days to opening day just to bother them in the middle of the night. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire it off now. I text the entire group chat every morning around 3 a.m. while I'm working and just send them. I think today is 44, so everyone's going to be getting a nice picture of Reggie Jackson today to acknowledge we are 44 days away. Or maybe even now today is 43. I think I sent Reggie Jackson today. Or yesterday, excuse me. So I think it's 43 today. Jonathan Loisega. Right? Jonathan Loisega. I'll find another one. I'm not the biggest number guy. I'll be honest. That's like one thing. Probably Adam Warren wore 43, I think. <sighs> Adam Warren wore 43. That makes sense. I'm not the biggest numbers guy. I really don't care. But I do it just because it's the number on the picture. But like, I don't get hung up. I mean, I know the retired numbers, but I don't get hung up on like 
other like team numbers. Everyone's like, what's this football like the football number? I know mine, seventy seven. And I'm really pissed. I still wish I, I if I ever get a chance to talk to Volpe, I'm gonna tell him he made a huge mistake. He should have been seventy seven. He should have been seventy seven. He should have stayed seventy seven like he did in spring training when he was absolutely killing it. You do not win a job. Seriously. I hope Volpe's listening. Actually, I hope he's getting some rest, but I hope he's listening or hears this somehow. You can always go back on the uh, Odyssey app. You don't kill it in spring training to the level he killed it and won a job when, I'll, I'll be totally honest with you, I don't think Brian Cashman wanted to give it to him. I'm not sure the Yankees wanted him to win that job, and he went out there and he took it by the throat and he dominated in spring training. You don't do that wearing 77 and then just switch to 11 as the season starts. I don't know who advised him. I don't know who, what he thought, why that's better or worse. Who cares? 77 was awesome. You dope. 77, you would have killed it at 77. So disappointed he changed it to 11. So disappointed. 77 would have been awesome. You know how many 77 jerseys I would have had? You have any idea, Volpe? I would have, I would have, I'm, I'm, me and myself, I would have kept you in chicken parm for weeks. You blew it. You blew it. 877-337-6666. All right, we'll come back. Continue to take your phone calls. We'll get into the baseball conversation next. McMonagle here with you all the way to 5 o'clock and the warm-up show right here on The Fan.